Hi, and welcome to the podcast channel, podcastmybusiness.com.au. And today we have Julian Challingsworth from Tenert, um, or Tezzerent, sorry, T-E-S-S-E-R-E-N-T. Tezzerent, there we go. I knew I'd get the pronunciation wrong. It's either that or your name, so there we go. Thanks, Peter. Okay. That's okay, no worries. So how are you, Julian? Oh, look, I'm really well. I'm, I'm locked down in Melbourne. But uh, aside from that, we're getting a lot of work done and uh, we're seeing a lot of interesting activity in the market. So look, um, aside from being locked up, we're, we're doing really well. Well, exactly. And you are on the ASX as TNT, which is a name that we know for so many different things, but that's okay. Um, and yeah, you, you guys are your shares. I mean, you are up massively um, at the moment. We really are. I mean, we're, we're up from a low of around two and a half cents and, and we've touched a high recently of 30 cents. And I, I think the market's waking up and, and, and starting to see the importance of cybersecurity. They're seeing the Prime Minister talk um, and give presentations about the threats we face, but they're also talking to friends and colleagues and other businesses and, and seeing the impact of cyber attacks and what it does on the business. So I think there's a general business and community awareness of cyber, and that's then following through into into the stock market and, and the pricing we're seeing. And we are the number one by market cap listed ASX pure play cyber security firm. So we've, we've benefited from what's happening in the news and, and the publicity and awareness that cyber is getting at the moment. So what business needs to be aware of cyber security? It's it's really it's all businesses, you know. I mean, there you go. Yeah. it's very difficult if you use technology, and technology is a core part of your business. Um, you really do need to be cyber aware, and even if it's just your accounting system. And at the end of the day, you put out your customer invoices. We we see attacks where those accounting systems get locked up, or ransomware is applied where the owner can't get access to their business tools unless they pay a ransom. So it's all businesses of all sizes, but also any organisation with greater than $3 million in revenue needs to know that they're covered by the legislation, the mandatory breach notification legislation. So so if your turnover is greater than $3 million, um, it's important you Google that legislation and you make sure you're across it because if you have an impact, if you have an attack and it impacts your customer records, um, it can put you in a difficult position that you need to write to your customers and let them know that you, you've had an attack. So I'd recommend any any business with greater than $3 million in revenue Googles that mandatory breach notification legislation and make sure they're across the details of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even in a small business like mine, um, I have it through my direct debit provider, um, that level as well. So, yeah, every business needs to have that. So. When you're talking about issues like accounting software, if you've got an accounting package, I'm not going to mention any in particular that's in the cloud, can that still get hacked? I think um, almost anything can get hacked if the if the hacker is persistent enough. So it's important that you do have a sense of security. You understand the types of assets that you have and they're appropriately protected. I think one of the myths in, in moving to the cloud is that security becomes somebody else's responsibility. And I, I think moving to the cloud is fantastic. It's been a great enabler for business 
to lower their overall IT costs and become more responsive to customers, but it doesn't change the fundamental that you're still responsible for your data and it and you're on the hook if something happens. So moving to the cloud is a great thing, but you really do need to think about, okay, is my data secure? Is it, is it in a cloud environment that's secure? Um, and it may be as just a simple a case as turning on multi-factor authentication or using some of the tools that your cloud provider may make available to you, but you just haven't switched them on yet. So it, it's really worthwhile, uh, you know, talking to somebody who can help you understand are the right protection devices and layers, are they turned on? Because um, generally they're there and they're available to you, but you've got to make a conscious choice to use them. Mm. Yeah, even something as simple as that, I, I, I always lock my computer when I walk away from it. I, I do work in a shared office as well. And um, even something as simple as that can help. But you've got something really good here. You've got the um, Cyber360 and the C2M2, and I guess that's for a much larger organization where you can do an audit um, to oh, see yeah. how businesses are going. Yeah, and no, it's really important. I think doing the audit gives you a clear baseline of where you are today versus the types of risk you can face. So if you understand your, your data assets and what's important to your business, um, you understand your, your cyber maturity, you can then make really informed decisions of what do we need to do as an organization to protect those digital assets. Um, and, and it's a really good place to start from. Um, Cyber360 is, is what we talk to our customers about. And fundamentally, it, it's really driven by identifying the risks that you face, understanding your maturity based on, on your people, process and technology, then building out appropriate security, putting the right products in place to defend those digital assets, but important then having that capability um, to monitor those uh, controls to make sure they're effective. And, and it's that combination of identity awareness, building out the right architecture to protect your digital assets, and then making sure it's, it's monitored. And we have a uh, security operation center in Box Hill. And from there, we monitor our clients 24-7 um, and give them that peace of mind that somebody's actually looking at their security um, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of things that you do, and you guys do a lot of stuff. You are the place to go to for anything security. I'm seeing here you look after the firewall, email filtering, all those wonderful things. And and you've got a thing called threat hunting. I like the sound of that. Is that like um, that they do with the submarines when you go out and hunting people down? <laughs> Look, it's pretty close. You know, I can't tell you everything we do in that space. But sure. in, as, a, as a concept, what we find is threats often come into your environment undetected. And, and typically, the, the average number of days a threat lives in your environment is 190 days. And that, that's potentially doing malicious behavior, exfiltrating data out of your network, um, monitoring communications in your organization. And 190 days is a, is a long time. For, for somebody to be inside your system. So what threat hunting does is we, we go into our clients on a regular basis. Maybe we spend a fixed number of time every week or every hour, and we look for threats that are in there. And our goal is to massively shorten that time from 190 days down to a few days or a few hours so that we can proactively hunt out the threats that are in your system and eliminate them before they cause 
significant damage to your business or your business reputation. So, so threat hunting is really turning uh, passive security where we've got a firewall and the front door's locked. Threat hunting is about actually a, a proactive process of looking through your business, making sure there are no active threats working in your business. Yeah, I was in a meeting yesterday and cybersecurity insurance was something that came up because there's an offer through that meeting mm-hmm. organization, cybersecurity insurance. And I guess that if you've got cybersecurity insurance, if you don't have an organization taking care of your cybersecurity, I wonder if the insurance will pay out. It, it's a pretty thorny issue. Um, you know, the cyber insurance have some expectations that you have reasonable practices working in your organization. Um, and, and we've really seen premiums go up as more organizations take it, but more organizations are making claims on it. So I think it's, it's a very valid policy to have, um, but it's not the only thing you need to do. You, you can't sign up for a cybersecurity policy and think that's it, we're done, we're protected, we're protected. Um, you really need to see that as just a part of the solution. Um, you, you really do need to put the right levels of protection in place and to make sure that they're effective because your, your business is changing, your, your networks, your IT changes constantly. You constantly need to make sure you've got the appropriate level of cyber protection in place. Absolutely. So for a business, um, what would be the priorities or what, would, what should every business do to be secure? I think the first thing is understand and understand where your digital assets are. Understand what is the most important systems to you. Understand where your customer data is and make an inventory of those key digital assets that you have. And then for each of those assets, look at how they're protected. Look at how your backups are working. You know, even today and in cloud, we still see a lot of organizations that feel they're backing up, but they're not, you know, they're not effective and they can't restore from them. Um, make sure you, you do have backups. Make sure that you can uh, restore from a backup in case you have a ransomware attack um, and you can restore to a point pre the attack. I think the next thing is then start to have a look at some basic things. There's, there's a, um, a reference framework called the Essential Eight, which identifies the eight most important things that all organizations should be doing. So, so have a look at that. Google the Essential eight and and make sure you're you're thinking about that and then where your applications support multi-factor authentication and and what that is is you log into a an application perhaps your email and it sends you a text message so you get a one-off code um, on on your phone or on a different device and you you log in with a unique code each time so if that's an option for you activate multi-factor authentication um, they're, they're the fundamentals for the small business. You know? Make sure you've got a firewall. Make sure that it's up to date. Um, make sure that you've patched your um, your applications with the latest security patches. You know, if if your phones or your computers notify you that there's a patch available, it's important that you get it down and that you, your, your patching's up to date. But look, I think the most important thing, audit your assets, know where they, your digital assets exist. Um, look at the essential eight, consider all of those eight as really important, and then look at multi-factor authentication. Once you've got those things done, um, that's a really good starting point. You can then look at 
well, what is the risk to my business of an attack and what is the the appropriate level of defence in other areas? But, um, yeah, I'd definitely start with those three key things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know with my accounting software, um, I go to log in and it wants the two-factor authentication. I've got the Google Authenticator on my phone. I've got to put in the code and everything else. And you know what? Sometimes it becomes a bit of a pain, but it is beneficial. And certainly something I'd like to add is a um, password manager. Yeah, not an Excel spreadsheet with all of your passwords in it. Yeah, and definitely not a post-it note on your screen with your top five passwords. <laughs> there was that movie. What was it, that movie recently? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. And it was about a gaming thing or something, and this guy had his password on his post-it note. Um, oh, you can we had seen that plenty of times. Or a shared yeah. password across the office, yeah. you know, just let's have the same password. It's, um, it's extraordinary. Yeah. But yeah. Look, two-factor and multi-factor authentication can feel like it's annoying, but the, spending an extra 30 seconds logging in once a day versus the, the issues that you can have if you do have a serious breach, I mean, it's, it's really worth taking the extra few seconds to, to log in every day and getting that sense of, of comfort that you do have some additional protection. Mm. Yeah, now that, that's definitely helpful. Okay, anything else you'd like to add? Look, I think they're the main things. You know, keep, a, keep across. There's some good government um, websites. The um, ASD, the Australian Signals Directorate, often publishes uh, great information for mid-sized businesses to stay across some cyber issues. Um, and if uh, if you've read that and you want to help, um, call Tesserant. You know, we're really here to help Australian businesses protect their digital assets. Mm, fantastic. Okay. All right. No, look, thank you very much for that. Yeah, and it's an interesting topic, and I'm glad that we've covered it without getting into too much technical detail because I know people think, oh, geez, here we go again, and it can get technical and whatever. It's not technical. Um, just remember, just because you've got Google Drive or Microsoft or all the different Dropbox and all the other ones doesn't mean you don't have to back up. It doesn't mean you don't have to be secure. And, and, and test those backups. You know, a lot of people just feel they're, they're, they're doing backups, but every few months test they work. You know, you really don't want to have an attack and find your key business information is encrypted and you go to your backups and, and they don't work. So, so take a, an afternoon or a couple of hours and just make sure that that works. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks very much, Julian, and good luck in Melbourne. Um, you guys will be out of everything soon, I am sure. Oh, I hope so. Tony, thanks for your time. All right, thank you. Soon, I am sure. Oh, I hope so. Mm. Tony, thanks. All right, thank you.